Welcome to Amateur Film School. This is Sarah. And Brandon. And this week we watched My Bloody Valentine. 3D. 2009. Yeah. 2009. Not in 3D, though, because I do not have those capabilities currently. Though it was still presented in 3D, I feel. Was it? I mean, I guess it's like 2D, 3D, where it's like, you know what was supposed to happen. It's like really obviously which shots were supposed to be 3D, but then it just kind of looks weird when you watch it in 2D. Yeah, because it's, it's like, like the actors prepared for it, and like the scene like sets up the shot for it, and then nothing actually comes through the screen, so. It's like, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, they definitely used that, because this is right when Avatar was going to come out later in the year uh, with its 3D. It was Yeah, it was kind of on the, like, right at the beginning of the whole 3D movie trend coming right. back. And this was, I mean, before that, we had the, um, you know, when you were a kid and you watched, like, movies in 3D, and it's like you wear those Spy the kids paper 3D. glasses. Yeah, like that yeah. kind of 3D still existed, and this movie kind of still used that type of 3D, Mm-mm. where it's the gimmick where something pops out of the screen. Whereas yeah. later on in Avatar is more about just giving the world more um, three-dimensional depth. So less coming out of the screen, but more giving you more to look at as far as um, the world, I guess. Like making you feel more immersed. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess we should probably talk about what this movie's about. Yes. So there was an original. Um, they're both... Uh, it was made in 1981, I think. The original was made in 1981, yeah. Yeah, this one was made in 2009. Um, they're both about um, a mining town, like coal mining. Um, and there is a masked miner who kills people with a pickaxe, basically. Yes. Um, and this movie... Um, the first movie uh, has its own story, but there's a lot of similar elements to it, obviously. Um this movie is about Tom Hanniger, played by Jensen Ackles. And the best character ever, Axel! We absolutely hate him, <laughs> which we'll get into. Um, Tom comes back to the mining town where his family basically lived uh, since he was a kid. His dad owned the the mine, which was basically the economy of the town. You know, it was, the town was built around the mine. Um, anyways... Back before that, uh, there was an accident in the mine, and apparently it was Tom's fault that five of the miners had died because he wasn't watching the gas levels, and so there was an explosion. So he kind of blamed himself, and people blamed him for that. Um, And then later on, as college-aged people do, they have a party where these people had died at the mine, Um, and one of the miners that, that was presumed dead apparently wasn't, and he terrorized these college people (laughs) and killed them um and tom was there as well and he escaped but obviously not mentally okay can i just say that i hate this trope yes it's kind of where it's like okay so obviously spoilers but at the end it's revealed that the killer throughout the course of the movie was actually tom well not the whole course of the movie yeah like the after he escapes dying. He yeah, so he comes back to town and these brutal murders stop start happening again, and then it's like, oh, a big reveal, the crazy person is the killer. Right. Right? And I really, oh, I hate that trope. I feel like the movie tried to steer away from that, because they gave you Axel as the the opposing force where it could have been him. Um, they, they write it into the script, Sarah thinks, Sarah, who is the, basically the girl in the love triangle, yeah. if you look at it. You know, she's confused uh, towards the climax of the movie where it could be either Tom or Axel. Um, And then by the end, it is revealed that it is Tom. But see, here's the thing to me. Right. So in the original, Axel ends up being the killer. Right. 
And to me, that logically makes more sense. And it's kind of, to me, it seems like the writers shoehorned in this whole thing where it's revealed that Tom was the killer the entire time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, first of all, movies have a tendency to make it seem like mental illness is this, like, scary thing. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and it's like, oh, if he doesn't take his meds, then he's gonna... Go on a rampage. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he would take his meds and then afterwards, these people would start dying. So yeah, it's like, exactly. So it's not really doing its job. <laughs> yeah. But I just, like, I hate that stereotype because it's, like, not true. Like, they, movies constantly make multiple personality disorders seem like this, like, scary thing when really... Yeah, like, every, anyone can have it. And it's not, like, just because you have multiple personalities that one of them is going to be a murderous crazy yeah. person. Like, when you hear about murders, it's never somebody who's suffering from this, like, multiple personality disorder. Mm-hmm. It's really just people, like boring accountant dude who cheated on his wife and then ended up murdering his girlfriend. It's never anything, like, actually that exciting. Mm -hmm. You know? And so, but I think it gives, like, this bad... Stigma to it. Yeah. You know? And to that effect, um, like I said, how Axel is kind of a suspect as well by the, Mm -hmm. by the climax of the movie. We talked about it during the movie and you joked that he's the best character in the movie, (laughs) when obviously he's not. Because he has no redeeming qualities and uh-uh. throughout the movie you're giving every reason to wish that he's the bad guy and that he would or that he gets killed by the bad guy just because you have no reason to root for him because for one he's cheating on his wife mm-hmm. for two he got the girl that he's cheating on his wife with pregnant for three his wife knew about it all along and she's basically forgiving him yeah like he doesn't it would have made sense if it was like they had given you more time, like, maybe show Axel with the kid throwing a ball. Yeah. You know, like, if you're going to pose it to where Axel is the hero hero of the movie, then you need to give him some sort of redeeming trait. Exactly. Even if it is, like, oh, he cheated on his wife, he made one mistake, don't also mention that he's been sleeping with other women the entire time. Yeah. Don't make him yell at his wife in the middle of a hospital after a traumatic event. Right. You know, you have to give him some sort of redeeming quality where you could see, like, oh, okay, maybe he did just mess up this one time and cheated. You know, because I think, like, you can make a cheater have, like, a redemption story, Mm -hmm. but then, like, don't try and shove it in the last five minutes of the movie. And that's exactly what happens in this movie, is that they get into a fight, Tom and Axel at the end, and um, Tom stabs him in the stomach with the axe or whatever. And he doesn't die, of course. Yeah. Um, it's weird because I have a bias, which I will have to get over because of my favorite actor. But I wanted Axel to be the bad guy because yeah. of the character that they built for him. They never gave me a reason to want him to succeed in catching the killer. I would rather have just seen him die. Because yeah. Because he's such a douchebag. <laughs> um, what was I saying? You're talking about the fight between Tom and Axel. Right, so they're fighting, and then by the end of the movie, um, Sarah's like, I love you. And he's like, I love you too. And it just felt like that was shoehorned in at the end, because, like, everything that built up to that, sure, they found out Tom was actually the bad guy, and he was the one doing the murder, so he was basically lying, right? Yeah. But there was never a point where, I mean, there was a point where Axel's like, I'm sorry that I cheated on you, blah, blah, blah. But then he also says, you can leave me if you want. Like... She wouldn't just do that on her own. Yeah, it's like giving her permission. Right. And it's like, no, 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 dude. You're the one that's been messing up over and over again. You don't just give her permission to leave you. Yeah. 
So it's like they could have built him up. Not that I would want to have seen it because I already hate him. But they didn't do it right. Also, can I just talk about the female characters in this movie? Yes. So, okay. So in the movie, females are either sexualized Mm -hmm. or they're like the mother figure, Mm -hmm. right? So Sarah is like, you know, just like his wife and his mom. That's like... Not his mom. <laughs> Noah's mom. The kid's yeah. mom. Yeah. Um, his wife and the... Axel's wife and the mother of his child. It's never like Sarah's her own person with her own wishes. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm sure her plan was not, as a child, to end up, all like, being in charge of her family's store. Yeah. Um, You know, and, like, it ended up getting married to this, like douchebag, mm-hmm. right? Who she knows probably all along has been cheating on her. Yeah. And then having a kid with him. You know, I'm sure that was never really her intent. Um, I feel like this movie could have... If they didn't want... If they wanted Tom to be the murderer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then I feel like they could have made Sarah the main character. Cause That's what I feel. Like, by the end of the movie... I feel like you're supposed to realize that Sarah is the main character. They don't make it explicit throughout the movie because you don't you don't see her as often as you would a main character. Yeah. But by the end, at that climax where it's the three of them in the mine, she's supposed to be the primary the, yeah, protagonist. She's the person that has to make the choice. You know, yeah. Which one of these guys do I kill? Um, or which one of them do I believe? Um, at that point, you realize, oh, you know, she's the one we're supposed to be caring about here. Because I feel like so Tom is basically an unreliable narrator. I was about I was going to say that too. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of movies that have done it really well. Like, I think Gone Girl, where you're, where you're not sure if Ben Affleck's character, mm-hmm. um, has murdered his wife right. until you realize, oh, no, his wife His is. wife is actually psycho. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, and so that's really what, well done, mm-hmm. where you're not exactly sure what's going on. And then same with Fight Club, another big famous example of multiple personality disorder mm-hmm. in a movie, that was so good, yeah. right? Because it's such a huge turning point where you realize that the narrator, uh, played by Edward Norton, um, have you ever seen Fight Club? No? Uh, we'll have to put it on the list because it's so good. I'm not spoiling anything for you, are okay. you? Okay, no, I mean, I kind of know, but... Yeah. Um, but so, the entire time, and it's very similar to how in My Bloody Valentine, at the end, it kind of does this flashback sequence where you see how... Um, how he was lying the whole time. Yeah, how Tom is both people. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fight Club does it so much better. I just brought up two David Fincher <laughs> movies. He's well, so good. And it's lucky that we're going to House of Cards next week, too. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're going to do a movie like this, I don't think you should shoot for the stars and try to do an unreliable unri- narrator mm-hmm. kind of scenario. Um, the way I would have fixed it is if you keep Tom as the main character then you have to make Axel the bad guy. It's the only thing that thematically makes yeah. sense. Like, be the killer? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, if you are trying to revamp it for 2009, then have Sarah be the protagonist. Have mm-hmm. her, as the movie is right now, is you're watching the movie through Tom's eyes. Mm-hmm. Right? You're seeing his side of the story every the, throughout the whole thing, pretty right. much. Um, if you want him to be the killer, then you have to make the story about Sarah. Yeah. I feel like. Because then it's like... So, then you're in her shoes. She maybe have her find out her husband is cheating near the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. right? You know, maybe have her find little clues throughout the thing that kind of 
has her think that maybe her husband's the killer, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like, oh, her ex-boyfriend from 10 years ago shows up, you know, and it's like, oh, what does he want? Maybe have them, like, like hang out, you know, that kind of thing, and then, um, you know, show her with her son, right? right? Maybe show her husband Axel with her their son. That way it is kind of like she is given more of a choice because mm-hmm. at the end it's like, She's kind of thrown into the plot near the climax, right? right? Where it's like, um, all when of a sudden... she's sort of been there the whole time, really. But she's more of, like, wallpaper. That's what she's I mean. Not like, she's actually... been there the whole time, but it's never been focused on her having to choose until it's the not, end. Yeah, it's not her story. Yeah. You know, we're either with Axel trying to find the murderer, or we're with Tom doing whatever the fuck Tom is doing. Yeah, being... Like, creeping around the town. Yeah. Putting himself in awkward situations where it's like, everybody hates me. Let's go to the bar where everyone will hate me. go all the places where these people are that are going to hate me. Yeah. But. So, acting-wise. I think they did okay. I mean, No one's winning an Oscar for any of their performances. Sadly. Probably the worst was the uh, motel owner. She didn't last very long in the movie. Yeah. Um. No, I don't... I feel like they kind of exploited her as a little person. It For was that like, scene. Yeah, because it's, like, the whole reason why... So, the motel owner is um, a little person, and I feel like the entire reason why they cast a little person... Was so they could do the lift the, you up in the air with a pickaxe through your face yeah, shot. Yeah. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have worked with, like, a... A five-foot or six-foot-tall person. Yeah. And so, it's just, like... But her acting was just not very good. Yeah. Um... Um, as far as main characters go. Like, 90% of her lines were looking for her dog. hmm Like, I feel like, yeah, literally, like, 90% of the words she says, if you go back and look, it's, it's like, Louie? 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 Um, I know we usually talk about a favorite shot later, but since we're talking about acting and one of my favorite parts, um, one of my favorite shots or scenes has to do with acting, um, is in the climax scene where... Um, Sarah has to choose basically which one she's going to kill. Mm-hmm. And then everything gets like really quiet and Tom's like, wait, be quiet. And then like Harry's coming towards him. Mm-hmm. Um, this is right before the reveal, the actual reveal where you find out that he's the one that's been killing everyone. Um, bias aside, Jensen Ackles being my favorite actor, I feel like he did a really good job because even after seeing the movie and knowing that he's going to end up being the bad guy, mm-hmm. the mental struggle that he has to go through, that the character had to go through, um, because even once you find out he's the killer, the point of showing how it happened was, I think, to explain that he didn't know what he was doing. You know, he's a victim of PTSD, basically. Um, and I feel like he pulled it off uh, having to act to someone that's not in front of him, having to be, like, mentally shaken by something like that. So that's my favorite sh- uh, shot slash scene slash acting performance. <laughs> um. Who is who's the oh god I looked him up what was the uh, who plays Axel Kurt Smith yeah so Kurt Smith has been in a lot of stuff and I feel like um playing the part of a douchebag he did really well yeah he has the eyebrows for him. it like from the first scene you see him back when they're like college people or whatever mm-hmm. you can tell he's the douchebag yeah he's like he just immediately slips into up. the yeah yeah I don't know there's too much more to say about the acting everything I mean it's a horror movie right so it's you like have a the... popcorn flick you know it's yeah. not really meant to be some highbrow film mm-hmm. um I mean but even Psycho what wasn't supposed to be some huge heart 
art yeah. film either. And but, but then what you get out of this is back to it. I feel like it's it's not a psychological thriller because that doesn't make sense. But the psychology behind it, which is kind of psycho. Um, once you find out who the killer is and you find out why they're the killer, mm-hmm. it doesn't. I don't want to say it humanizes them, but it gives them a reason for more than just being a killer. I don't feel like there was big enough reason for Tom to have become the killer, though. Right. Besides the PTSD aspect, I think that's the only reason why. There's lots of people with PTSD that yeah. don't become killers. Right. I just think it's a situation, and given that it's the horror film, you know. I mean, even if they had just thrown in a Scooby-Doo plot where he's murdering people so that, like, the insurance rates will yeah. go down on the mine or, yeah. or go up on the mine, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or, like, he could justify selling the mines because they're obviously bad luck. Yeah. That kind of thing. You know, giving him something like that, but, I mean, I'm still going back to the plot. <laughs> I just... Yeah. I want to say that it was an underuse <laughs> brilliant actor. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Moving on. Your favorite shot? If you had one. Probably, um, I mean, my favorite shot was probably the one near the end where he's, like, busting the lights out. Oh, yeah. That, that's another good one, too. I bet the visual effects people were really happy when they saw that. Oh, yeah. The editors were very proud of themselves. Yeah, because basically Tom slash the miner walks down the hallway p- with the lights and each light he gets to, he, like, smashes it so it sparks fly and then you see a flash of him being the miner. Yeah, and it's, like, a split second. It's not even... It probably is, like, less than 24 frames that you see it, but it's, like, every time he hits a light, when the flash hits him... the light burning out, yeah. Yeah. um, It, like, flashes to him being the miner, and then it flashes back real quick, and it's just, like... It's, like, quick edits, Mm -hmm. but it looks really nice. Yeah, and actually, the one of the editors was the director, um, Patrick Lucier. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... And a little-known fact that I somehow came to the knowledge of, um, the director, Patrick Lucier, at the end of the movie, um, Tom is actually alive, uh, and I was told by Jensen Ackles himself that the director decided to go that route because he wanted it open, more of an open ending to possibly do a sequel, um, so they had actually filmed Tom just being dead after the mine collapses on him. But they decided to film that as an extra, just in case. And that's what they ended up using when they put it out into theaters. Um, as far as the box office went, this movie actually, you know, made money. Surprisingly. Yeah. Well, it's not surprising to me. Because I feel like horror movies are Hollywood's bread and butter. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day. if Because you, you know it's going to put butts in seats. People just love being scared. Yeah, they love being scared. So it's going to make money. Yeah. Um, uh, despite the reviews, I want to say, I guess. Yeah, because it's like, I mean... People who... Everybody goes to see horror movies. Yeah. You know, and so it's not like everybody doesn't... Not everybody does. <laughs> yeah. Not everybody reads reviews before they go see a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and so this came out around Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. And so it's like, around Valentine's Day, we either go see, like... So it's kind of like one of those compromises, right? You want to go to the movies, mm-hmm. right? And so... um. Like, romantic films might be hit or miss. Yeah. You know? But even, like, the worst horror movie, you could probably still get one or two jump scares out of it. hmm And so, they're really cheap to make, right? Right. Um, most of the time, you don't have to use very big-name actors. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, the two biggest people are probably 
um, Jensen Ackles and Kerr Smith. Right. And even they are mostly TV actors. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of, I mean, they make money. Mm-hmm. Like, this was, they spent $15 million on this, and then they made... 51 It was like, yeah, I think it was like $56 million yeah. back, and so... There you go. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying the other week, where um, a lot of directors will get their start on horror movies. Mm-hmm. Because um, I know that Patrick Lucier, yes. right? Um, he went on to direct Terminator Genesis. Yeah. And so it is another kind of that thing where, you know, you start on a horror movie, and then right, you yeah. move on to... It's sort a of bigger like budget thing. TV actors breaking into acting by going on like CSI or something. Yeah. And then maybe you can score your own show or get a recurring spot on, you know. I don't want to say that procedurals don't matter, but you know, <laughs> a show that's not a procedural. Well, procedurals much. go through so many actors too cuz I mean right, yeah. there are a lot of um like if you go anytime you go back into someone who's famous around now or even in the early 2000s mm-hmm. it'd be like someone um like who had gotten started in the 90s. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you look at their very first credits, it's like... Typically CSI or... It's either Law & Order, yeah. CSI, or NCIS. Because right. procedurals need so many actors. And right. so it's like... Because you, cannot, you, you can't use the same people over and over again. And you have an episode every week. And these yeah. shows just go on forever with just a new case every week. Yeah. So that's where actors break in. And as far as directors like Patrick Luce here, a lot of his history is horror movies. Yeah. Um, and then he landed Terminator. So there you go. Yeah. I really need to find more directors that got their start in horror movies, because mm-hmm. I'm sure it's, like, all of them. Yeah. Like, somehow. Because, uh, I, I mean, Steven Spielberg, one of his early movies was Jaws, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a horror movie. Right. And then I want to say, what was his first one? Steven Spielberg. I'll look it up. Yeah. Um, Steven Spielberg, one of his earliest credits is a movie called Duel. It's a TV movie. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's where these people are being chased by a semi. And you never see the driver. Uh, All you see is the big, like, kind of imposing truck coming right. after them constantly. Um, so, yeah, I feel like... Like, again, it's just one of those things where um, horror movies are really cheap mm-hmm. because they can find no-name people... To fulfill all the roles. Right. So it's like, um, like a lot of directors who get their start, that's one of the easiest jobs they get. Yeah. You know, it's because you'll work for cheap, right? And it allows you to put stuff on your resume, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you want to talk about the special effects at all? Um, I mean, we talked, we touched on it earlier, um, the use of 3D and all that. Uh, again... I don't think it. you could say it doesn't feel like a gimmick because that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, if you're doing it to get people in seats because it's cool and all that, I think it definitely accomplished what they wanted it to do. Um, some reviews that I've seen are like, you know, it gets old after the first couple of times that the pickaxe flies through the screen or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you then begin you start to expect, to expect it. it yeah. yeah. But, you know, it was a gimmick for what it was. As far as, like, the quality of the CGI, do you know... Um, how at theme parks, how they'll have that, like, 3D immersive ride. Yeah. Where, like, you feel like things are coming at you and stuff. Right. It kind of looks like the CGI in this, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? It doesn't look like they, like, completed the render on them. Right. And this was from a few years ago, but still, I just feel like... Yeah. You know. 3D could have used some more. I'm trying to be nice. I know, so am I, but... 
this is probably like um so we watched like seven academy award nominated movies in a row yeah <laughs> i just throw this line it's fine <laughs> we'll just shut it down yeah it's okay just delete it no no was there even any music in this i mean it was probably all just ambient music which of course drops away just before the jump scare yeah um there was that one that i did comment on um one of the jump scares where it wasn't a jump scare it was like a bait and switch kind of where mm. one of the guys turns around but nobody's there and then just uh, switches back the shot to inside the house and then you go back and then he turns around and he's there like coming from just watching let the right ones in this movie um it was very disorienting because mm-hmm. in let the right one in we talked about how there was a lot of um like stillness mm-hmm. where it would like hold on a wide shot for like five minutes yeah you know and this it's like it's that um that cheap thing that people do right where it's like a well we couldn't get it all in one take so it's like we just cut 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 yeah yeah i don't know where i was going with that it's all just falling <laughs> <laughs> it's just i don't know just wrap it up it's fine already yeah. We're done. Okay. Brandon's shutting us down. Never mind. It's a wrap. Um, but I mean, I feel like I did its job. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when you make a movie like this, it's not because you're looking to win awards or making a huge statement. Yeah. You know, or like make a huge mark on the cinematic world. Mm-hmm. It could have been just like a passion project or something like that. Yeah. I mean, was there any interesting trivia for this one? Um. Other than apparently you and Jensen Ackles having deep, meaningful talks. It was like, it wasn't even my question. I was just in the room when he answered it. <laughs> <laughs> but I retained the memory. <laughs> was it like at a convention or something? Yeah, it was a, a meet and greet at a convention. Oh, okay. Um, and someone had asked him about the movie. Uh, which was filmed, I guess, since we're doing trivia now, uh, He's an insur- he's one of the leads of Supernatural, yeah. TV show that's still airing right now. Um, he and Jared Padalecki, who's the other lead of the show, both did horror movie remakes in two thousand nine. Um, Jared was in the remake of Friday the Thirteenth, and then obviously he was in My Bloody Valentine. Um, so they both, I guess, picked that year, where they didn't have much <laughs> going on during the summer or whenever it was, uh, to film a horror movie remake. Is there like definitive proof that they're not the same person? J2? Jared and Jensen? Yes, there's definitive proof they've been on a stage at the same time. (laughs) They play two different characters. What? (laughs) Don't use any of that. What are you? So what's up next week? (laughs) You're ending it? I just want this to end because I'm so disappointed that I picked a terrible movie. I mean, it wasn't... It was, Sarah. You thought it was terrible the first time I showed it to you. For some reason, you let me pick it for this. Because it was either this or, like, a movie... At least, like, going into this, I knew that I wasn't gonna completely enjoy it. Oh, okay. I didn't want to, like, watch a movie that I thought maybe might be bad. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I feel like if you like horror movies, then you'll probably like this. Mm-hmm. There's gore. There's nudity. There is language. Are you just reading the MPAA? No. Well, it's ingrained <laughs> in my brain now. <laughs> um... Yeah, check it out, if only for the the gimmick. 
It's the perfect Netflix and chill movie. Yeah. Because there's not a lot going on, so you can totally mac on your girl. Yeah, because basically the movie is set up where it's a murder who did it, a murder who did it, a murder who did it, and then, you know, things slowly build towards the end. Um, and then they come to that climax. And then you can pay attention for the last five minutes. Yeah. Where everything's explained. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So next week, we're going to shake things up a bit by going to a TV show. Yeah. So we're going to watch the first episode, first one or two episodes? One or two, maybe, yeah. Of House of Cards. Um, Which is a Netflix original. Yeah, the pilot was directed by David Fincher, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure we'll watch more of his work as time goes on. Oh, yeah. Have we not watched a David Fincher yet? I don't think so. Oh, my God. We should watch Zodiac. I definitely want to watch Gone Girl, too. Can we just have David Fincher month? Yeah. Like, we had half Leonardo DiCaprio month, so. <laughs> Let's have Leonardo DiCaprio life. Yeah. We are not as obsessed with him as we're making No. It for seem. some reason, he just always seems to come up, and it sounds like we're more obsessed with him, but... I'm more obsessed with someone else. Me? Yes, and someone else. Oh, that's fine. Anyway, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. Um, you can find us on social media, on Twitter at AmFilmSchool. Yep, and Facebook at uh, Amateur Film School. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any comments or suggestions, drop us a line at AmateurFilmSchool at gmail.com. And we love you. That's a wrap.